hello and welcome. Second pod in two days. That must mean that it is rugby week in the Six Nations. Um, and we're here for the Kingham Coffee Scottish Rugby Roundup. Or in this case, it's a bit of late for a roundup. We, we weren't here last week because yeah. um, it is the f- has been the Fowler week last week. Um, but we'll touch quickly upon the Wales game, I think. And then we're going to be looking forward to the next Grand Slam challenge, which is France. Who, who, who could have believed that I a few know. weeks ago? Absolutely mouth-watering. And I think it's hard to emphasise, and I think a lot of pundits have been talking about this over the last couple of weeks. The Six Nations is awesome. Like, so good. as a competition, the quality of the rugby, in particular, the France game last weekend, um, and then obviously Scotland's second half performance against Wales, the quality of the rugby you see in the Six Nations is fantastic, and it's just a great competition to watch. That Ireland-France game, and rightly so, is being heralded as one of the you know, most high-class, best games ever, which uh, is yeah. incredible. I, I, I saw Big Jim the day after the game. And I was like, oh, France looked quite ropey. And he was like, nah, he's watched it back. And it's, they were very, very good. Yeah. For some reason, in my first watch, I thought, you know, DuPont especially, at times looked like he he didn't know which direction to go. And he, he was looking for runners. He, he, he was having to throw real flat passes just to crash. I think that, more than France looking shaken, was an example of how good the Irish rush defence has been. And... Uh, they had literally no room. No. I, I just, I, part of this, and obviously we're previewing France uh, this week as well, and we'll obviously talk about the Wales game. You cannot stop looking at Ireland. I'm mm. like, to put away that France team in the way they did, that was a very tight game. But for me, the last 20 minutes of it, when uh, Sexton went off and Carberry comes it was it Carberry comes on? No, Ross yeah. Byrne. Uh, yeah, Ross Byrne comes on, just controlled the game. Yeah, and I just find that absolutely incredible. So, um, obviously we've got this weekend against France to look forward to. I can't wait to see how we go against Ireland. Like, obviously they're in a World Cup group as well. So but that depth to have um, Byrne coming off uh, off the bench in place yeah. of Sexton is all the form you see from like a Leinster, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, currently Leinster can still put fifty points on a on a team of the weekend with the majority of their first players away, which yeah. is mind-blowing. It is incredible. Um, Edinburgh get 50-plus points on that. Which is, is no idea. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, so, Glasgow looking a bit more optimistic. Oh, for sure. Um, well, should we do, let's quickly go through. So the Wales game, Yeah. Um, final score was Scotland 35, Wales 7. And obviously, it wasn't looking that way pre-half-time, sort of in the closing stages yeah. of that first half. And again, I think a lot's been talked about that Scotland could have maybe gone in behind if, um, what's his face, he found his hands. <laughs> I always forget his name. Rio Dyer? Oh, yeah, Rio Dyer. Is it Rio, Rio Dyer? Yeah. Yeah. My I, ridiculous Rio. Yeah. Ridiculous. He Similar had some to Stuart Hoggs back in, against Ireland a couple of years ago. Um, Try line beckoning. So, but, first half, I think Wales fronted up. Second yeah. half. Scotland so quality came to the floor. We were both at the game, and to me, where I was sitting, I was extremely nervous, but it felt like Wales were winning almost, but they no, weren't. No. And I think that kind of just goes a little bit to show the the confidence slash expectations we, we currently have about the Scotland team. Yeah. Like, um, they felt like th- they were losing, but they were actually winning. And I suppose um, that's great, but... Uh, 
you know, it's that winning mentality they now have where they can close out games even if they play rubbish. Or, which yeah. is exciting for this weekend because they, they definitely they put 35 points on Wales and they didn't look fantastic, I would say. Oh, I completely agree. And again, I'd say against England, we didn't play to our best either. So I think the Scotland squad still needs to try and click in mm-hmm. to fourth or fifth gear. That being said... France and Ireland are the two toughest tests. So yeah. they have to play at their best to beat France and Ireland. But again, what leads that is the Finn Russell magic, obviously. And, um, you know, a, a lot's being said about his assist for uh, that try just after halftime, which which was incredible. I, watching that live, I was like, what an idiot for not getting that, that try away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you see the replay. <laughs> It was unbelievable. It was absolutely dreamy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's not many people in the world who can even attempt something like that. But I think we've Sonny come Bill to... Sonny Bill is obviously absolutely lapping it up. It's a, it was a very much Sonny Bill S, but we've kind of come to expect that from Finn. So again, I don't think... You know, I, you're not surprised. It's almost where Scotland fans have been spoiled by the quality of Finn. You almost yeah. expect it every game. So he obviously absolutely turned up for that second half, bossed the game, I think the back line, which performed so well against England the week before, performed very, very well again, Yeah, um, especially in that second half. So Hogg goes off early doors, and you're left with, yet again, world-class 23. Yeah. Uh, Kinghorn has absolutely been carving up, to be fair. Yeah. You've got a good stat, have you? Is this now the time uh, to release that? Not for, <laughs> you want to hold on to it? Not a Kinghorn-related stat, but... No, the triassists was... Oh, the Kinghorn triassists. I mean, yeah, it's sorry, unbelievable. I'll, I'll find that stat. Um, basically, Blair, Blair Kinghorn's in top-tier rugby, third in triassists over the last 12 months. So, number one... I need to try and find where the stat was. Number one is uh, Finn Russell. Um, so this is tier one player since 2022 try Finn Russell with 10 Willie R- LaRue South Africa of 8 Blair Kinghorn 7 and obviously he and had the next is 5 with uh, Intermac but obviously Blair Kinghorn some of that is as a 10 whilst he was mm-hmm. playing obviously when Finn was out of the team during the Autumn Nations it, it is a good stat maybe you're right maybe he's a world class <laughs> 23 but it's I do not think a bad position to be in going into a World Cup to have someone of that calibre who can come off the bench and you know do damage. It, it's yeah, a hundred percent. I think covering a hog or a Russell, two key players. It's like, but I think what we are seeing is he is a fifteen. I yeah. think when he came on for Hog last week, he's played superb. When he came over, came on again the week before against England, mm-hmm. he was very very good. Yeah. So I don't think we should continue to experiment at all with him yeah. being a ten. No, um, I, I just think let's get players playing in the positions they are best at. Um, Obviously interesting looking at these stats again, that uh, in terms of break assists, which obviously is line breaks uh, and then assisting after that, Finn Russell again, uh, number one in the last 12 months for line breakers. Scotland are just so good. Uh, (laughs) Sure hogs number four. Finn Russell, very, very good. So how do we build on the momentum and I guess the hope is building as always <laughs> I know. and maybe rightly so first time we won two games back to back since 1996 opening two games so um, how do we continue this momentum into France away what do you think what does Scotland need to do to beat France I th- uh, start to France obviously we beat them last time but I think just composure I'm like they, they can't rely on these moments of genius from from Finn 
I'm like, we have to get the basics absolutely nailed before we can, you know, reward ourselves with that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, going to Stade France, certainly in like the first 20 minutes, is going to be absolutely nuts. Yeah, we'll The place in. is going to be incredible. Um, so I think it has to be a case of like, as Ander, if he's picked, keeping it, keeping control keeping of his head on. emotions. And yeah, you know, th- there's a lot that needs to go right, I think, for it to, to play into our favour. But it's the old adage of, of France, like if it go if it starts going uh, against them, you got a sense of that in, in, our, in that against Ireland, like things weren't coming off. And there yeah. were moments where, you know, they were, they, they looked average at times, very, very few times. But I think there's, there's an opportunity there. Fr- France will not like to lose two on the trot. Um, no. especially with the World Cup coming around. They are probably were fully expecting to be going into this game two for two, um, which, as we know, we know Ireland well. They're obviously not going to uh, give up easy, but uh, I think, uh, yeah, what needs to go right? I think the forwards have to show up, and I think we need to just be composed and not rush anything, and let's just... You know, take the opportunities when they present themselves, which we have which been doing. we have done. So I think that was another stat we were talking about before that Scotland um, are top for points taken per visit to the opposition twenty 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 two in the during the Six Nations. So twenty twenty three. But against England and Wales, we have been the top team for getting points. So it's actually averaging at f- above four points per visit to the twenty twenty. Mind blowing. The twenty-two. <laughs> um, so I do think that's a very, very good, very good start. We need to keep that going. Those are the kind of stats that, if your defence is good, which is going to need to be against France, you can build off of that. And you know, every time you get to the twenty-two, <laughs> the twenty-two. Every time you get to the twenty-three, <laughs> you <laughs> you uh, you can build off it. Yeah. I, for me, all sorts of defence. And then the you figures everything else. Out. A lot has gone right um, in terms of you know uh, line outs, scrums. Like we've been pretty good. There's not been a lot of forced errors, and I think um, we need the first few of each of those things to be just safe and comfortable. Yeah. Um, I don't really like. They were going quite full hog, like going thrown to the back of line outs and stuff against okay. Wales, which it was great to see. But I also think. You know, it's a real confidence shaker if you try and do that and there's a, a counter-attack that puts you back into your own half. And you know, I think Definitely. we need to just try and oh, not get too too overconfident. That being said, it is almost like our, our, our secret weapon, isn't it? The kind of ridiculously chaotic um, plays which we've kind of been accustomed to with, with Townsend and with Finn coming back in. I, um, and I agree with that, but I think Finn's been very controlled over the last yeah. two games. I, I think we've not been that chaotic at all. The question is now, when we get put under pressure, and so we've controlled, to a certain extent, large parts of the England and Wales games. If we don't control large parts of the France game, do we start pushing stuff to try and find those tries? I genuinely think there's enough confidence and belief in the squad now that they will hopefully just play their game. Mm-hmm. And like you said the other week um, against England, if you're in it with 10 minutes to go, I think the Scotland team are very confident they can win games now. Um, so in the, I, I don't know the stats on this, but it feels like in the last two games we've scored maybe last five minutes or certainly last week 
last week it was the last two minutes or something. Yeah. Um, which were clearly very fit. Yeah. Not running out of steam. Still inspired to push, even though we're thirty points up. It's you know, it's pretty exciting. I'm, I'm yeah, buzzed. Absolutely pumped. Um, obviously there's tickets available. <laughs> no, we did not. We did not stick up our ta- hands. Um, Aaron wasn't massively oh, fond of that. I, I, I'm not even married. I'd be divorced. <laughs> um, but I think again, so many positives out of the first two games to bring. I, you know, toot my own. I'm like, fucking should have my own rugby podcast. <laughs> you got one. I've got one. I was like uh, Matt Ferguson, one of the most underrated players in the Scotland squad. Yeah, I said he's a potential line. Yeah, it's going the right way. Clip that in. Uh, Top tackler. Most successful tackle so far in the Six Nations. People are talking up Matt Ferguson. Like, oh, where's Matt Ferguson come from? Matt Ferguson has been good for Scotland Mm -hmm. for a couple of years. He's young AF. Yeah. Like, really young. That's shocking, isn't it? I think he's mid-20s. I think he's 23, 24. I mean, like, that is mind-blowing. Yeah. Xander as well. Like, the the pair of them are... Yeah, far beyond the years, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. To be a prop and to be that good when he's that age. For sure. And, uh, you know, another interesting stat, um, considering how much of an impact Duhan has had Mm -hmm. in the Six Nations, and I heard this, but now seeing it on the screen, the fact that Hugo Keenan uh, has done, uh, has made the most metres, 291, Mm -hmm. and Duhan has made 253 in second, how good is Hugo Keenan? <laughs> like, you've obviously got those cheap yards that are made being a fullback. It's quite. Funny, I, I do get that. So the guy's uh, absolutely terrible. Do have most of his are sideways. So. <laughs> There's <laughs> a lot mu- of this must mean meters forward. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gets the old negative meters a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. Hugo Keenan's a joke. Like so good. Yeah, seemingly out of nowhere as well. But I'm like, yeah, he's a ridiculous asset. Um, the going back to the Matt Ferguson thing as well. When you look at that dynamic, I heard him on a podcast talking about how much he's enjoying playing with uh, Luke Crosby and with Jamie Ritchie. And you look at the dynamic of those three pe- those three guys. Yeah. Like, a, three years ago, you probably wouldn't have paid any of them. With yeah. the likes of Hamish Watson in there. Yeah. I guess, like, I don't know how far back going, like Barkley. These yeah. guys who were, you know, stalwarts. Uh, then there was the whole rotation of uh, Blade Thompson... Uh, yeah. Obviously not playing anymore, yeah. and um, a whole bunch of it. Yeah, I can't think of the top of my head. But um, yeah, Magnus Bradbury, he was Magnus like, Bradbury, yeah, good example. Lots. But the three of them now feel quite comfortable, certainly in this campaign, and they're really young. So I'm like, it's quite exciting. I d- yeah. D- obviously, after the weekend just passed with that um, with Edinburgh, I, d- I can't see Watson coming in this weekend, but. Um, yeah, I think the three of them feel quite comfortable and certainly are, are obviously playing well off each other. For sure. We're obviously recording this on the Tuesday. Um, so the team probably released, we think, on the Thursday. But I, I agree. I think that back row has got to stay the same. I think the second row is, again, Grant Gilchrist and Richard Gray have just performed <laughs> absolutely. So good. Richard Gray. <laughs> guys absolutely like rolled back the years. Um, <laughs> ten years it's ago. actually mad. Ten, the Lions tour to Australia. Yeah. Was ten years ago. And that's, you know, Richard also, Gray went on that too. When uh, Johnny Gray obviously is still maybe just recovering from injury and will come back. Yeah. But he was the Messiah who, who mm-hmm. put Richie Gray back into the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> Richie, like the second coming. It's the unbelievable. Coming Richie Gray. And then obviously the front row, I think, has performed really, really well. So uh, 
huge positive for us has been the physicality that the Scottish pack has brought and the success it's had in the first two games. I think that's carried on mm. from Edinburgh in particular, obviously their performances against Saracens. Almost that belief that we can physically dominate. Yep. The only thing... Pure human. And pure human. Too, well. good, too the, good. The only thing is the France and Ireland packs are enormous. Mm -hmm. And I think... But they, their biggest... Their, I think the biggest French threat... I can't remember who he is, but apparently he's out. Yeah, he's banned. Oh, he's he's banned, absolutely yeah. giant lad. Who is that? Yeah, he's enormous. Um, uh, yeah, I forgot what he's called. Uh, I, yeah, I do think that plays a factor, but I think from a Scotland point of view, there'll be confidence we can cope physically with everyone. Yeah. I think our bench has performed so well um, over the last two games as well. If you think maybe Hamish Watson can be creeping onto that bench, incredible strength to be bringing that you know yep. i just think we can compete this weekend is obviously a do or die for france like if they lose this game they can't win the championship yeah um, if you if you if you consider the wp now is in form <laughs> i was gonna say yeah. then you could have a bench of hamish watson lion chris harris lion as xander and lion roy sutherland lion <laughs> Yeah, not, not to be sniffed at, which is actually mind blowing to think. I, I mean, we've gone from you know growing up in a period where there was no no Scottish lines at, at times, and we were to, to be in a position where they're all on the bench is so shite. And <laughs> we scored more games against more tries against Wales than we used to score in full Six Nations. So incredible! So Big shout out to Carl Stain as well. You know, Darcy oh, yeah. Graham missing him is enormous, um, but Carl Stain just performs so well. As well, I, it's amazing how well players are stepping up, mm -hmm. and I think credit to Gregor, Gregor, credit to Finn. It's like yeah. the vibes within that squad and the togetherness that they seem to have when they're on the pitch. I think huge credit to Jamie Ritchie as well. He seems like a very, very good captain and leader. Mm -hmm. uh, they just. It just seems like a massive corner has been turned yeah. since the November tests. Or oh, Greg's been uh, Finn's been left out on form. You know, you think that's only four months ago, mm. and now it is so positive. Yeah. Well, so uh, Ferguson again on the on the pod I listened to. He was just talking about the level of um, intensity at training, mm. and like it's the best environment for training he's ever been in. And I think you know that can be the difference. You can imagine in a place where you're constantly in the headlines, Gregor, talking about, not talking about Finn Russell, but being questioned about Finn Russell. Yeah. The amount of distraction that brings a camp, like yeah. even if they're trying to focus on the game, of course, um, you can't, you couldn't in that period of the Autumn Nations look at your phone without there being someone saying something about mismanagement, mismanagement, management. And I think um, clearly, you know, they have managed to resolve that and it is showing and I think probably Finn Russell does bring a lot of that clout to the the um, the the, the uh, practice. I, yeah. I just get the feeling that you need your your senior leaders, of which he is, has yeah. become very quickly um, over the course of the last five years, uh, to be happy and and performing well. And I think it makes such a difference. A hundred percent. I actually have some probably a little bit of goss around that whole situation. And I was speaking to someone who used to work at the SRU and um, they were saying the way Gregor handled that was unbelievable in yeah, the sense positive. that 
um, Hogg, Finn, a lot of these players have stepped out of line in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, in particular, last Six Nations when obviously they all went out on the sky. And Gregor has been trying his hardest to wear a lot of that. Yeah. When in reality, players have been stepping quite significantly out mm-hmm. of line. And then obviously Gregor's taking all the flack that he doesn't let the boys have beers mm. and that, you know, he's far, it's far too controlling an environment. And he is wearing that. He is like, yeah. I will take the blame and I will make the calls. Yeah. Um, and I think he deserves a lot of credit. 100%. For the fact that I think a lot of players in that squad know Finn is one of the best players in the world, mm-hmm. know they need him, mm-hmm. but at the same time are like, we all need to get our head down and work. Yeah. But it's really hard for them to be able to say to Finn, like, Finn, come on, let's fucking all pull together in the same direction. So to have gone he through all Gregor of that, to do that now, you can see they, they beat England and they all respond in a completely transformative way yeah. by, you know, straight away they're on to the next thing. And obviously, um, yeah, there's been a lot of growing up and a lot of maturity that is now presented itself as a result of going through all that kind of Definitely. chaos with, with Finn. Oh. But I, ac- I agree, like, Gregor has taken the most flack of any Scotland coach ever, probably, yeah. off the result so much of that. Um, and he, he presumably, although uh, whether or not he ever saw his relationship being repaired or not, uh, obviously we only know so much, but... Um, if he was thinking forward and he had expected this to be the outcome eventually, then fair play to him because yeah. <laughs> it's gone in exactly the right right way. Well, I think, again, that's where probably it's on uh, Finn as well. Like, there's credit to Finn that he's a strong enough character and mm-hmm. strong, confident enough in his own ability that, you know, the guy can, the guy can do whatever he wants. He can take a year <laughs> off and hold it and yeah. I bet he'd come back. And, and still play a good game. You know, he, funny. he even talks now about how tired he was that year. So maybe the guy yeah. he went on the Lions, yeah. you know, tour. The guy had a busy couple of years. You remember the Lions tour as well. He he started well, didn't start. Came on mm. quickly in the last test. Played very very well. It's like Finn has been under a lot of pressure. Is under pressure at Racing mm. to deliver titles, to de- deliver yeah. a Champions Cup victories, all that kind of stuff. And now he's he moving country. <laughs> like, well, he literally like, carries the weight of every team he goes to on his shoulders. Yeah, and I, I imagine that's yeah, incredibly that's, challenging. But at the same time, it doesn't mean he's above the team. And I think this Scotland team has found a way to have him clicking and yeah. playing so well and focusing. So yeah. I heard, obviously, post England game, they didn't sky. Yeah, you know, I think that probably a couple of beers on their way back up, but they flew back up. I think that night, um, three years ago, guys would have been out so <laughs> fucking Tuesday morning. Um, yeah, that's on the drill, you'd have Greek with his tie around his head, ripping <laughs> shirt buttons open. So I, I think times have definitely changed. Yeah, um, I'm sure against Wales, they probably had a couple of beers because they had the the week off, um, and then hopefully against France again. If they if they put in a good performance, I think a couple of beers, then on to the next one because obviously the next game post France is Ireland. <laughs> Uh, one and two, if, two and well, one in the world. Next incredible. week, if we're if we've been in France and we're back on, what are we doing? We the are selling so many Grand Slam coffee beans. <laughs> like, if we've beaten France, when we're recording this next next week or the week after, I'm actually getting butterflies thinking about it. Grand Slam coffee you can buy at Cairngorm 
Um, free coffee for everyone. It's not free. It's £13 a bag. <laughs> it's going to become a collector's item. We've obviously got people coming into the cafe now. Hope is building. Yep. And our Grand Slam coffee tastes like hope. It certainly does. Yeah. So we'll probably leave you with that. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, do we need to talk about who we think is going to play? Or does it really matter? I, I tr- doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I think the team will roughly stay the same. Yeah. And we don't know. Like, this will be released. The team will come out and we'll look like idiots. So. Yeah. I mean, Hugh and Sione, you can't, like, it's, for right now, it's the, I, the dream partnership. I think we would say we would change Duhan, Stain, correct. Yeah. yeah. So. The only question for me would be around Hog and whether... I think he'll still start. Um, he's he's fit to start, is he? Yeah, uh, yeah I believe so. Yeah, it was a HIA, but I assume yeah, he'll be fit to start. I agree. With that, Ten days off. I think it's it's a confidence thing for the whole team. Him being in that pocket, at a busy away game. I'm like, I don't know how we've drifted into this right then as we're trying to wrap up. But again, it's like Jack Dempsey obviously has been playing well for Glasgow. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you do, Hamish Watson? Who didn't play very well <sighs> for Edinburgh? He was catty captain as well. Whether or not that hampered his performance, I don't know. I like again. If you're not changing the back three, um, you know, do you have Watson or do you have Dempsey on the bench? And I think Dempsey is is the better performer right now. I mean, he scored at the weekend. Yes, yeah, I think Dempsey's and Dempsey's looked good when he came on. Obviously, he had that honking pass against England, but um, and he's, that wasn't really as well. I think so. Watson obviously has. Uh, Along a lot of credit in the bank for being a real combative, you know, the pinball he can he can bounce off tackles, but Dempsey is a little bit more gritty against a, a French pack. I think I feel like he's a bit more route one, and I think you know that's yeah that's only a good thing. So I find that so funny that it's like uh, how have Scotland ended up in a situation where you're fuck, casting aside a Lions <laughs> player, a guy who has been so good for the last four or five years because you're like, nah, we've got this other guy who's actually 100% Australian. But I guess that's where a Gregor Townsend is, is not afraid to make those decisions, oh, which yeah. is you know the right decisions potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we've not dipped into at all as well, which has been quite a lot, obviously. As Scotland do better, everyone is like, South Africa A, South Africa B. So annoying. And South Africa C. Yeah, I do find that hilarious and yeah. it's great but it, it's funny we've got a long tradition of using foreign players so we yeah. had the kilted kiwi Brandon Laney who I watched a video about over the weekend and actually yeah. having thought he was shite my whole life I was like oh he actually was great um, like yeah in recent years you had uh, an American on one wing and uh, an Australian on the other wing like Maitland and, and Seymour Dutch, Dutch guy as well <laughs> and Fisher, yeah. basically when we were shite Nobody cared about all our foreign imports. And now they're like, oh, you're, you're good. We care about your foreign imports. And yeah. I think part of that is it, do people wish that they had imported Doohan and Shoe? Because I'm like, Ali Price is English. Ben White is English. Uh, Hugh Jones, obviously, was born in Scotland. Sione Tapata, Tui Tapata. Has like, a, has a um, granny from granny. Paisley or something. Yeah. <laughs> I just think. But Scotland, yeah. our issue is obviously we only have two pro teams. There's only so much money. Yes, less players are being developed through the Scottish system than there was previously. That's great. It's saving us heaps of cash. <laughs> if if we can get people into our I, team who are roughly yeah. Scottish, um, does do that. It's like just, Haggis. it's not, 
people might argue that we're extorting the system more than others, but we're everyone not. is doing it. <laughs> and so it's like Mac Hansen, yeah, James Lowe, <laughs> yeah, Josh Anderflair, yeah. Oh no, he is. <laughs> this is this is a common misconception. Supposedly he's massively. He is Irish. What? I, got, I heard his dad getting interviewed. Uh, George Vanderfleer cannot be Irish. Um, look it up just to make well, so I don't look like a complete idiot. But what was uh, what was their number eight called as well? Yeah, um, uh, he moved back to the Africa. Uh, yes. What is his name? If George Vanderfleer is Irish, I will be. Is an Irish Yeah, born in Wicklow, Ireland. <laughs> Isn't that mind blowing? It's got like the most Dutch sound, South African sound in It's of Dutch descent. Yeah. Very interesting. Sorry, I take that back. They right. moved to Ireland in the 1950s. Yeah, I find that funny, but I, I think that's a common misconception. Yeah. In fact, they were talking about it before the game. I really take that back because he's actually fantastic. Yeah, he's unreal. So the fact that he's fully come through their system is... and Unsurprising, to be fair. Their system's so oh, good. So, so, such a good system, to be fair. Um, yeah, I, I, I think... Scotland are going to take a lot of flack for that. The, if we win the Six Nations, uh, yeah, people will say, "Oh, it's, there might be an asterisk against it." I am. I couldn't Surely not. give a hoot. Yeah. Whether ninety percent of our team was not developed in Scotland. Um, yeah. I think it's about. Uh, Tuart Potter gave a great interview on that. That uh, he feels like he is representing his. Mm. Scottish grandmother when he plays for Scotland and I think that's the most important thing for me is to compete at the highest level of international rugby you need the best players yeah. and not all of those players are going to be developed in Scotland Yeah, we don't have enough we don't have a you know, a 12 team premiership where everyone's going bust anyway so mm-hmm. that's working out great for England their team's shy anyway so their whole what, thing's shy what matters to me more than the fact they were they're born in Scotland or even if they're not from Scottish descent is that they have pride in playing for the Scottish team and you know watching Doohan's interview before the game when I watched that back was he crying because he's so he values so highly what Scotland have done for his career he was an injured outcast when he joined Edinburgh Scotland have made him into what he is essentially he obviously had natural um he means a specimen of a human being but scotland have done a lot to harness his um his performance and And have made him into yeah i think that's such an important point that probably people um underestimate and by bagging on these players the work these guys have put in to become you know two of the best players in the six nations if we're talking about shui and um and Duhan so far in the Six Nations. The work they have to put in to achieve that is incredible. So to, to then, obviously, absolutely hand them by, it's like, oh, you're South African, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like, it does matter, because yeah. they're, they're performing at the very highest level in probably the most competitive international rugby tournament, week in, week out, yeah. and tearing it up. So they deserve pats on backs. Massively. Not baggings. Pierre Schumann's obviously sat in this chair doing a podcast himself, yeah, so you're in good company. We'll maybe get him back on. Maybe we'll get, get, him, we'll get him on this one. So we were wrapping up, I think 10 minutes ago we were yeah. wrapping up, and now we've got an absolute tangent. So just quickly before we do oh. before we wrap up, score prediction. Uh, you really so tough. wasn't expecting it. <laughs> um, I think, again, quite high scoring, because France are 
creative. They can unlock Ds, but our Ds very good. So I think they'll score in the 20s, so I'm going to say 24, and which means Scotland need to score more if I think we're going to win, which in my heart mm-hmm. and head, I do not think we will. Oh! Okay. So yeah. I'm going to say 24 to France, 20 to Scotland. And I hope you're going to say that they're going to win. Yeah, because I just think that... Um you're, you're not. Yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to say that. I'm not trying to sell enough around some. Do you not get a reward for, for uh, getting it right? For getting it right. <laughs> uh, so in that case, I'm going to say 36 to Scotland, 31 to France. <laughs> I think Bazzles. it's going to be absolute chaos. I do think it will be ridiculous. Well, you look at the like. This is Ireland against France, two greats of the international. Uh, seen, but Scotland are about as dynamic an attack as as it comes. France also, they're they're you know the likes of Peno, uh, Entermax ability to unlock defense. I'm like, it's going to be incredible. You're expecting I fireworks. Be, I'm expecting fireworks. <laughs> I think that is uh, Romaine <laughs> candles. <laughs> that was good. Romaine Entermax. Uh, just in case, uh, just in case for any casual, non-rugby people who are not familiar with France. Um, I think that's a ballsy prediction, and I hope it comes true. Uh, yeah, the Grand Slam oh, will. is still on. Yep, and if now. you are right, it will still be on. Yeah, the next time yep. we talk. So let's hope. Everyone, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, for a great weekend oh, I'm nervous another I'm one I'm nervous I, can't, I actually can't wait as well so Sunday afternoons are shafting I want to not, not as good in the old beers but no um, enjoy it wherever you're watching it and let's hope for another Scotland win eh Scotland <laughs>